The scripture reading for this evening comes from John 6, 25-44. This is God's word. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to, do, to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good evening. It's good to be with you. This is the largest music stand I've ever seen. I like it. I was talking to a friend of mine recently who is a senior pastor at another church, and before I could get the words out that I was going to be a guest preacher... He said about Memorial Day, that was when he would always ask the weakest preacher to come uh, because it was the lowest attendance. (laughs) Then I told him I was going to go be a guest preacher somewhere. Uh, To give Will credit, I'm the one who picked this date, not him. So it is good to be with you. Again, I'm the RUF campus minister at Birmingham Southern College, uh, which means that I am your campus pastor at Birmingham Southern. So, uh, thank you for having me. It's good to be with you. One of the things that is uh, striking about being on the college campus lately is the number of selfies I notice. And it's one of the things that makes me feel very old because I have never had the urge to spontaneously take my own picture and share it with hundreds of people. But uh, they are plenty, and according to selfie experts, they are here to stay. And it got me thinking that selfies have actually been around for quite some time. 
We used to just call them self-portraits. And in John chapter 6, Jesus begins to paint his own self-portrait. This past spring, I preached an entire series uh, with students at Birmingham Southern in our large group on Wednesday nights from the book of John. And I called it Portraits of Jesus because every passage, every chapter, John paints for us a distinct and unique portrait of Jesus. Different perspective, different vantage point, different way to see who he was. And what's interesting is is that in chapter 6, Jesus takes the brush, if you will, and says, I am going to begin to tell you who it is that I am. And and he, he does it by using this phrase, I am the bread of life. And if you know the rest of the book of John, you know that there are actually seven of these I am statements where Jesus starts to tell everyone what he is really like. And so I am the bread of life. Uh, This is a chapter that is full and I only want us to notice three things about this phrase, I am the bread of life. And first it is the backdrop, the context uh, of the painting that Jesus begins to paint. Uh, Secondly, how did the people respond to this, this phrase, I am the bread of life? And then thirdly, what does it all mean? So first, the backstory. What has Jesus done leading up to this phrase, I am the bread of life? And it says here that uh, a mob of people begins to follow Jesus. This is what we know uh, in the Gospels, that everywhere he went, uh, people, a crowd followed. And it was late in the day. And so he asked one of his disciples, the people are hungry. Where are we going to find enough bread for them to eat? And one of his disciples says, almost a year's worth of wages would not be enough to feed these people, Jesus. And then another disciple says, well, here's a young boy who has five loaves of bread and two fish. But that's not going to get us very far. And Jesus says, you are very familiar with this miracle. It's in all four gospels. Have the people sit down. He takes the five loaves, the two fish from this little boy's lunch And he feeds, the text says 5,000, we know that it was probably many more than that. Miraculously, he feeds 7, 8, 9,000 people with these five loaves and two fish. In in fact, it says in the text that they had so much that there there was some left over. And the people are amazed that he could do this. And many of you have heard sermons just on this miracle that Jesus would take such a small offering from a mundane thing like a boy's lunch and do something miraculous. And just for the, tonight, it's worth noting that we have bought into this mindset that we have to do great things for God. And what I see in this text is God saying, I want to take your simple, often mundane, acts of trust and faith and obedience, and I want to make them great. My family recently returned from Disney World, so everything I think, I think through the lens of Disney right now. Um, this was fine on the college campus. I think it's going to be fine with you. Most of you have seen the movie The Lion King. There's a nod. Okay. There's a scene in The Lion King where the young lion cub, Simba, is trapped by some mean uh, hyenas. 
And he does what any lion would do. He roars to scare them. But it's just this weak, little, pathetic roar. And they laugh and they say, oh, do that again. And you know what happens. He does it again, except this time his father, the king, Mufasa, roars at the same time that he does. And it's this perfect picture that God, our Father, wants us to just simply follow him at our home, with our family, with our kids, on our street, where we work, where we play. He wants us to simply obey him in these small, often what seems like mundane ways, and then he wants to make them great. So I don't know what your five loaves and two fishes are, but it's helpful to think that Jesus does not ask us to do these great and wonderful things for him. He simply asks us to do small, what often feels mundane things, and he makes them great. So that's the context by which Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Now let's secondly look at how they respond. And it's not pretty. They respond very slowly. This is what it says in the text. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, you're looking for me because you saw me do that bread thing earlier. And you want me to do it again. And they're slow to realize that what Jesus is saying by I am the bread of life is basically, hey, this isn't about bread. Stop looking at the bread and look at who's right in front of you. It's almost as if, for those of you that have a dog, whenever you try to point something out to a dog, the dog always looks where? At your finger. The dog never looks at what you want them to look. Jesus is, the the disciples are so slow, they simply look at the bread and they say, Jesus, do that again. And they don't get what he's really talking about. And aren't we thankful that the Bible is brutally honest about the people that follow Jesus? It, it does not hold back in trying to show us just how slow they were in getting the things that he said. And I think it gives it credibility because it includes in there the slowness that these people have to try to follow him. Someone in the crowd says this, and I love it. Okay, Jesus, if you want us to trust you, then what miraculous sign will you do? Did you notice that when you heard it read? Someone in the crowd says, Jesus, okay, we'll trust you, but what are you going to do? What miraculous thing are you going to do to prove that you are worth following? He had just fed 5,000 people. And they say that. And Jesus says, what more can I do for you? Over and over and over again in the gospels, the people say to Jesus, what will you do for us? What more can you show us? What more can you give us? And every time Jesus says, I'm not going to give you signs and wonders. I'm going to give you myself. And I'm so tempted to think, those people are so slow. And then I think, what about me? When was the last time that I said to God, God, I will follow you 
as long as you do this. Jesus, I will trust you if you'll just allow me to feel the way I felt at camp. Jesus, I will trust you as long as you make my prayer life intimate and sweet today. Jesus, I will trust you as long as, fill in the blank, we do the same thing. We make deals with God. Prove it to me, Jesus, that you're worth it, is basically what we're saying. We are basically saying, Jesus, we want more of you. We want more. And over and over and over again, Jesus says, what more can I give you than myself? What more can I do for you than what I have already done. So the backdrop is that Jesus has just fed 5,000 people. He says, I am the bread of life, and they do not get it. They're slow to get it. What does all this mean? What is Jesus really telling us tonight when he says, I am the bread of life? And there are three things in closing. And the first is this. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he is claiming to be God. One of the things that I hear a lot on the college campus is that Jesus never really wanted to be God, to be divine, but the people sort of thrust that on him. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, come down from heaven, he is clearly claiming to be God. Any card-carrying Jew, when they heard this phrase, I am the bread of life, would have registered those words. Because in the Old Testament, when God told Moses to go tell Pharaoh to let his people go, and Moses says, God, I don't think he's going to listen to me. Who should I tell him sent me? What does God say? Tell him I am sent you. I am is the name by which God chooses to reveal himself in the Old Testament. So when Jesus says seven times in the book of John, I am, and in our text, I am the bread of life, he is claiming to be God himself. Now, why is that important to us in 2016 at Red Mountain Church? Because if this is God speaking then it makes sense that we should pay attention. If he's just a good teacher, then take it or leave it. But if this is God speaking, then it makes sense that we should bend our lives to follow what he says. If he's just one of the prophets, then at times we should check in. But if this is God speaking, then we ought to to bend our lives to follow him. If this is the Lord of heaven speaking, then he wants to be your Lord. And we should listen. I quote from a lot of different sources at Birmingham Southern, and this one is actually from a rock star. But this is what it says. Look, the secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet, obviously a very interesting guy, had a lot of things to say along the lines of other great prophets, be they Elijah, Muhammad, Buddha, or Confucius. 
But actually, Christ doesn't allow you that. He doesn't let you off that hook. Christ says, no, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. Don't call me a teacher. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm saying I'm the Messiah. I'm saying I am God incarnate. So what you're left with is either Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, or a complete nutcase. That was Bono, the lead singer of U2, that said that. So when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he is claiming to be God, and we should pay attention. And the second thing I want to say is, if, this, if that sounds like a drag to you, to have to pay attention, to have to listen, if that seems burdensome to you, to have to pay attention to what he says, then you have bought into a view of Christianity that is false. You have bought into a view of Christianity that says it is all about what you should do and what you should not do. Because when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, what he means is this, I came to give you life. I came that you might be satisfied. And if it seems like a burden to have to bend your life to what he says, then you have bought into a view of Christianity that is just simply false. Jesus is the bread that satisfies and bread gives us life. This is a hard thing for myself to believe, to get my students to believe, but the commands and the precepts of God are our greatest pleasure. We actually said it earlier. You, you said it out loud in the Psalms. But the law of God is actually the way of our greatest delight and pleasure because God made us and He knows what's best for us. Jesus said, Taste and see that I am good. And the problem is, is that we simply eat bread that doesn't satisfy. But here's how this works. I can't tell you to stop eating bread that doesn't satisfy. I can't tell you to stop pursuing the things that won't ultimately satisfy the desires of your heart. The human heart does not work that way. You can't simply just say, I'll stop. The human heart is hungry. And it desires to be satisfied. And you can't tell the human heart, stop doing, stop eating the wrong thing. There's an old Puritan named Thomas Chalmers that some of you have heard of. And, and, and he wrote uh, a thing called the, this is old language, but the expulsive power of a new affection. Translation. You can't tell your heart to stop going after bread that doesn't satisfy. You can only start pursuing the right kind of bread. You can't simply say, heart, stop drinking too much. Stop getting angry. Stop overworking. Stop being mean to my spouse. Stop being mean to my kids. You simply have to pursue that which does satisfy. C.S. Lewis said he could never find a teacup big enough or a book long enough. 
the richest people in the world say they could never have enough money. Stop laboring for food that will not satisfy, but pursue the bread of life. And then thirdly and finally is this. Over and over again in John chapter 6, if you go back and look at it, over and over and over again it says that Jesus is the bread come down from heaven. Jesus says, I am the bread that I have come down from heaven. I have come to you from heaven. And this is what we need to get from that. That the Christian life is all about grace. We simply receive it. The Christian life from A to Z, from start to finish, is a message of grace. We don't earn it. We don't do anything to gain it. It simply comes to us. Not because we were good. Not because we were pretty. Not because of anything of ourselves. Simply because God chose to love you. And He sent His Son to rescue you. Some of you may know, uh, we recently adopted or started into the process of adopting a boy named Andrew, and it's been a pleasure to, to invite him into our family. We've had him for about three months now. Andrew's story, if we get to keep him, will always be one of grace. He will understand this concept. Because his story will will always be that this weird family from Birmingham drove to Montgomery before they had ever seen me or knew anything about me and came and rescued me. And if you're here this evening and you're a Christian, that is your story. Your story will always be That before there was anything good about you, before he knew how good or how pretty you would be, God simply chose to come and rescue you by sending his son. If you know Jesus, that is your story. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. Come down from heaven. Let me pray. Jesus, it is too good to be true at times. So much of us is conditioned to think that we have earned your love. And yet, your word tells us over and over and over again that you came to us. May our stubborn and slow hearts begin to fathom that everything is ours because of grace. May we believe that this evening. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.